Welcome to Fractional. I'm your host, Chris Capone. Uh, we talk about all things business development and lifestyle and just how to how to keep the dream alive. I have two very exceptional men with me here today. Super stoked that you guys are here. Thank you very much for coming. We have Eric Hemingway and Levi Hemingway, and they own and run a business called Nomad Capital, and they have built a very cool business and um, you know, infrastructure on, on building passive income. And so why don't we start with you guys, you know, just introducing yourselves and uh, telling us a little bit about Nomad Capital. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us, Chris. I'm super excited to be here. So we are a father-son duo. Um, we do Nomad Capital, which is uh, syndication in real estate. So we focus in uh, self-storage and uh, specifically self-storage conversions in the Southeast. Um, so we have a background. My dad has a background in general contracting. I've been in the field uh, working construction for about 10 years now as well. And so um, we raise capital uh, from investors, passive investors, um, put the deal together, uh, build it out. Um, we in-house manage as well. So we, we do everything from start to finish and converting big old ugly buildings in the Southeast, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, uh, nothing in Tennessee and Georgia. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we started on my capital about a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just trying to build out our team and, and, um, just scale that business and learn it. And, um, you know, we've been doing real estate and construction for a few years now, but really, um, building out Nomad Capital and what it, what it can be. So. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Eric? Yeah. Um, super excited to be here. Thanks, Chris. This yeah. is exciting. And uh, I guess this is the first episode. This is. All right. This is the Good first for episode. you, man. Yep. Big step. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Like Levi said, father-son team. Love, you know, what we do. We're super passionate about real estate and done a lot of different things over the years. I've, I've done uh, residential construction, quite a bit of that, building spec houses, customs, and um, some commercial. And they just got more and more into commercial over the years. And Kind of 2016, we we decided to focus solely on self storage or primarily on self storage. So, love that asset class, and we love conversions because it feels like a perfect blend of, you know, our our skill set as construction guys and um, asset class of self storage, which we love, which is you know all about building passive income. So, um, yeah, that's how we that's how we kind of the vein we're in right now. So we we love it. We're but, super excited. Yeah, that's it's so <clears> cool and and. The way that we got connected was was just was so funny and um you know just through like a serendipitous chain of events you know i know a guy who knows a guy and you guys just happen to be looking for someone to you know work with you guys um to help build the business we we met once and i think we were all kind of like you know i think this is going to be a pretty good fit yeah 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 really excited to be to be a part of it so we've talked about you know how the asset class of self-storage and how it has turned out to be, you know, a really, you know, a really good space to be in for many different reasons. So did you guys have that plan? Like we know that self-storage is the, you know, the, the right place to be, the best place to be, or how did you guys kind of find yourself going from residential, commercial, and then really into the self-storage? So it goes back to, so we're from Arizona originally, uh, I grew up in Phoenix, and then we lived in Prescott, Arizona, which is up in the mountains uh, yep. for 14 years. That's where we started our family. Mm -hmm. um, Levi was born there. And then 2001, I went on my own, basically, left my W-2, got my contractor's license, 
was building specs and customs for a few years. And then 2006, I built my first storage uh, in Arizona and we still own it today. And it was just kind of a thing like, um, you know, how do I, it comes down to, I guess, laziness, right? <laughs> it was like, how can I make money and not work as much? I love it. Hey, that's how some of the best ideas right, come about. Right. So we, uh, it was actually my brother-in-law, James, he was like, you should look into self-storage. I'm like, I don't know anything about self-storage. Yeah. But I would drive by this piece of property every day on my way, you know, from where we lived. And, and it was on the highway. It was, it was residential property. It was like an old farm. And uh, I said, you know what? That probably would be good for storage. And long story short, you know, bought bought the property. Uh, took a long time and uh, and built a self storage. And then this was '06. We finished it. And then by you know '07, '08, things started falling apart in the economy and all that. Right. And um, so yeah, that's how we got into self storage. Kind of just a, a fluke, really. Yeah. And um, and that's why we kind of went back to it in 2016. We thought. By then, the Arizona storage was doing great, and we said we need to do more of these. So that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, when we were when we moved back to Wilmington, we were uh, when we moved to Wilmington, we were you know build, renovating houses downtown, building spec homes, and it was sort of you know we were doing everything. We were, we basically restarted here, so we were the first flip that we did. I mean, we dug the footings, we poured the concrete, we laid the block, we framed it. I mean, we put trim, you know, we did, we set the cabinets, we did everything for this house. And, um, you know, as we were kind of building this house out, it was just this conversation of like, okay, you know, we're putting all this work into this house. It's going to be great. You know, when we sell it, we're going to make some money, you know, right. uh, but then we got to go do it again right. and we got to start right. over again. And then we got to buy another house. We got to do all this over and again, and then we'll sell it and we'll make money and then we got to do it again. And, and as we're framing, you know, middle of summer, we're thinking, man, <laughs> you know, what else can we do that we can, you know, if we're going to put this much effort into a project or, you know, anything, wouldn't it be nice if it was just, you know, started paying us every month, you know, M maybe not what we would make on a, on a sale, but, you know, even if it was a fraction of that, let's multiply that times three or four X, you know, and, um, and like you said, Arizona, the Kachina mini storage was finally actually doing really well. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, let's get back into storage and let's put a lot of that effort into a project that once it's finished, it actually pays us back and we don't have to go and sell it and, and do it all over again. So that was really the, the during Church Street, the renovation, we were like, all right, let's, let's sort of do these two things side by side. Let's build out spec homes, you know, for some influx of cash, and then let's just dump it all into something that is you know, sustaining residual income, um, yeah. and, and that's, that's replicable on that end. So that was really the, the conversation yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense to me. Right. <laughs> I yeah. think that's a right. brilliant idea. You, you can only sweat through so many shirts in the summer before you're like, okay, there's <laughs> gotta be a better way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in, in your, you know, your, uh, the, the, the fact that you guys have done every, every part of building, you know, from the ground up, you know, I think that there's a lot of people out there that they, they look at you, they might be listening, and they're like, well, you know, I, I just want to, you know, I want to get into self-storage, and I want to do that. But what people don't realize is the sweat of 15, 20 years <laughs> from the ground up, right. you know, learning the business and how to do that, I think has probably been a really, you know, a really important part of you guys being successful with what you do. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, hard days, but, exactly. you know, you're trying to build something better, right? Yeah. So No, that's awesome. Yeah. So. We will come back. You guys have a story about how you got from Arizona to Wilmington. 
And we're going to talk about that in a, in a little bit. We're going to come back because it's a, it's a wild story about how you guys took the family and lived in Europe for a while. And we'll get to that. But what I want to know is, so tell us about, so you started with one self-storage unit in 2006 in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it's now 2023. I think it's May, almost June 2023. Tell us about your portfolio and, um, and kind of you know, what the longer-term vision and the longer-term plan is for you guys. Sure. So um, as we've talked, like the storage in Arizona was finally doing well um, through the recession. We were able to hang on to it and it yep. just kind of broke even, tread, you know, treading water, basically. Right. And then by 2014, 15, it started doing well. By 2016, it was doing, you know, it was throwing off some, some great cash flow. And we thought, yeah. OK, we need to do more of this. So um, it was about the same time that we started looking at syndication. And which is just a fancy word for partnerships, basically, um, where we would be the sponsors and we would put together the deal, find the investors, find the property and all that, do do all the heavy lifting. Um, But we didn't want to jump into that because we'd seen other syndication groups kind of get stuck in this trap where a lot of the motivation is for the fees that come along with it, acquisitions fees, management fees. And we thought, we don't really want to you know, have to do the next deal just to keep, you know, just to survive on fees. And so we kind of made a conscious decision about that time, like, let's build a portfolio of of properties that we don't have investors on that are ours, basically our family, you know, trust or whatever, that that we can build, you know, call that a base that we can build off of. So we're not stuck in this trap where we have to do mediocre deals for just for the fees, right? Right. So um, that, that was 2016, and it was really a shoestring. You know, I leveraged my home equity loan, uh, found an SBA loan through Live Oak Bank, local bank. That mm-hmm. was a whole crazy story, but <laughs> did that storage and then refinanced it, took the equity out of that, bought another storage in Wilmington. So we have two in Wilmington. Okay. Um, then we bought, you know, it was, just, it was just really scrappy, right? One deal after the next, and um, by 20. Well, to about 2020, um, mm-hmm. we we had sold some other properties, 1031 into a hospitality property and a and a storage in Greensboro, um, and then we then we felt like all right, once we get to this certain threshold, then we sh- then we can we feel like we could syndicate, you know. Well, because uh, you know, on top of that, we wa- you know we wanted to build out the the right team to syndicate, right? Like we wanted to actually staff up. We wanted to be. You know, we wanted to have enough people to where when we opened the doors and said, all right, we're going to do this, we actually had the right people in place instead of, hey, we're trying to just make this up as we go. I mean, that's typically what we do is make it up as we go. But <laughs> Learn you know, as you go. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's the best way sometimes. Yeah. Um, but we were like, hey, let's let's be able to actually, like, get the staff on that we need to actually scale this business when we take it, you know, when we start syndicating before we start in my capital, so. Yeah, that's, that's so, wild. Yeah, so you guys talk a lot about cash flow, leverage, um, you know, refinancing, working with banks. I'm sure they taught you that when you got your general contractor's license. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I got into construction as uh, you know on a lark, basically. Yeah. Um, we had two kids, and we had no money at all in Arizona. So we were, you know, I just we started at the bottom, digging ditches, sweeping out jobs, worked my way up to superintendent, and then eventually got my contractor's license. Yep. You know, in hindsight, uh, you know, no no background in finance, yeah. and um, it was really just you know, learn as you go, a hundred percent. And you know, you you have to you have to get good at a certain thing, right? So you, yep. you once you realize all the voids in 
and you're thinking, it was a matter of, all right, I guess I need to dive deep into accounting and figure out how to read a balance sheet, how to read a P&L. And, yep. and um, yeah, so it, d- it definitely didn't happen overnight. And just one piece added to the next, yeah. for sure. Well, I would say back like in 2016 when we first were starting, like when we said, all right, let's build our own portfolio before we start syndicating, we started going to this conference, uh, Best Ever Real Estate Conference, yep. and it was like all about syndication. A lot of multifamily syndicators there, some you know, a lot of self-storage guys, office, whatever it is. And, you know, that learning was like every, you know, we'd go and then we'd just digest it all. And we're like, wait, what are they talking about? Are they, are, okay, <laughs> yeah. are they, you know, yes, that's right. okay, this makes sense. They're talking about SEC stuff and we have no idea, but we're just, you know, digesting it. And then, you know, every time we go, we'd hear about three more podcasts and we're, we're devouring those episodes and yeah. just learning. I mean, we just, we were, you know, I'd say we learned, I mean, we still are, but I mean, we just, we just filled anything we could get our hands on for three or four years, you know, because we were just trying to understand this, this yeah. business. And, and the, you know, it was funny because the, the more we're learning, it's like, oh, okay, hey, actually, I know that, like, you know, that they, this guy was talking about it over here, or this was talking <laughs> about this podcast. And, and um, so it was a lot of, a lot of. It's, yeah, I compare it to like, you're really learning another language, right? Yeah. You know, if you're learning Spanish or whatever, you, mm-hmm. you have to learn about cap rates and leverage and you know, all, all of the stuff that goes along with it and, and class C shares and class B shares. And what, what does that mean? And right. what's yeah. a waterfall? What's a, you know, hurdles and all these different yeah. things. And, um, you know, it's just, once you start learning it, then it's like, you can, okay, you can speak the language and you know what they're, what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and I, and when I was, I was thinking about this before and really you guys are general contractors by trade and you've turned into capital raisers, investment fund managers, just <laughs> like through experience, right? right? You had no formal education. And I think a lot of, you know, the what I really like about you guys is the humility and just, you know, you're real guys. And I think that people sometimes are afraid to ask questions and they're afraid to like, you know, be, um, you know, you know, to be the guy that doesn't know what they're talking about, but you guys are like, whatever, like, yeah. you know, let's, yeah. let's go figure oh, yeah. this shit out. You know, we've got to learn how to do this. And then, and then you've, and then it's, it seems like you guys have, you've built a really good team of people around you to support, you know, to support that growth, Yeah, which yeah. is, uh, yeah. which is really cool. So tell me about, you know, so we've got, you know, so right now we have how many, how many other um, assets or w- what other type of stuff do you guys have in the portfolio? And then what is, what's the next step? You know, cause we're, we're at a, you're at a spot now we've you syndicated a few deals. Yep. So what's the, what's the next step? So uh, to answer your first question, the portfolio now is uh, four storages that we own on our own. We've syndicated six storage projects, just closed on one last week. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thanks. And yeah. got one more in the pipeline and going to look at another property tomorrow, as a matter of fact. So. Awesome. We'll talk about that later. Cool. But, <laughs> um, so we've got that, and we also got into, also kind of a, as a fluke, uh, got into hospitality. So we got into a uh, five-room boutique motel in Kiri Beach yep. that we converted all during 2020 into a nine-room uh, boutique motel, and it's uh, it's called the Lighthouse. It's on the it's on the beach, and then that led to another one, and led to another one. So that's kind of a separate arm, but. Yeah. You know, that's probably part of the portfolio as well. We've got about 100 and, 110, 115 doors on the Carolina Curie Beach uh, area um, across those and then the self-storage. So those are kind of the, the two basic, you know, the two main categories. Um, 
and sorry, what was the second? And question? then so yeah, so we've you know we've, we've oh where are we going? Yeah, so what's the what's the next step? Like, are are we gonna are you guys gonna keep using the syndication model to grow or organic growth or what's the what's the division for yeah you know, real, for longer term? I think term? we'll keep going with the syndication. We like it a lot. Um, so we've just done so far. We've just done one off deals, right? So we we have its own it's its own standalone entity. We raise the capital for that. We've got some partners that help us raise capital. Yep. Um, and then we close on that deal, and every, all these investors are in on that deal. Um, and what we've seen a lot of other syndication groups do is, you know, it's always this ebb and flow of deals to capital that you've raised, and where does that meet? Um, we do continue to find deals that we can't do just because we're limited on how much cash we have and capital yep. we've raised. Yep. So I think we, we, what we've kind of decided is later this year we'd like to launch our uh, a fund um, to be able to build, you know, to launch kind of the next chapter. Awesome. Um, so we're going to call it El Fundo. El Fundo. Because everybody else calls it Fund One, but we thought, well, that's kind of boring. Like, let's yeah. go El Fundo. We don't do anything. We, we try to. We don't do anything that other people do. So yeah. it's like, I, I know, El it. Fundo, baby. So, El Fundo. <laughs> so awesome. we're, we're hoping to uh, raise about $25 million okay. that will leverage against the next $75 million worth of assets or so far. So, so far we've raised uh, about just under $10 million on, on against about $80 million worth of uh, real estate. So it's, That's so cool. It's, it's crazy numbers, right? It, I, I know. know. It's, I it's, just, it it's funny. It's just you're coming out, yeah, we're going to do $25 million. We're going like, to leverage that to 75 Let's just say it. Let's just say $25 yeah. Yeah. Million, you know, yeah. It's a number. Yeah, well, you guys been, have done 10 already. I so, I mean, why yeah. not? It's right? I mean, it's been like, I mean, we talk about this all the time, and, and it's like, you know, you're just doing the next thing that's in front of you, right? Like, yep. I think I think that's one of the biggest things that we've just seen over the last couple of years is, like, you know, you, you take us five years ago and said, hey, you, you guys are going to be rolling out a $25 million fund. You know, it would have <laughs> been like, okay, that's that's great, you know. Yeah. But it's – it's and we didn't just go from here to here, you know. It's been every step is just doing the next thing. It's like, hey, let's put this deal in our contract. You know, each of the capital raises have been a little bit more – um, yep. you know, then we had two deals going at once, you know, and we we're stressing, doing, working, grinding. And then it's like, Hey, let's do this other one. Let's do, you know, it's always been just doing the next thing that's right in front of us. And, you know, and it's cool to look back and see like, Hey, here's where we are now, you know, and it's been every single step along the way has gotten us to here. That's so cool. Um, that's so cool. So yeah, we're, we're looking at El Fundo and then as a company, as a whole, you know, we're looking at, um, different asset classes as well. We always come back to self-storage because it's what we know, and it's it's one of the strongest asset classes out there in commercial real estate. Right. Um, but we have talked about possibly syndicating hospitality. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of groups out there doing that, and it's you know it's another great asset class. It's a little more volatile, but it's something that we've talked about. And then of course just exploring um, industrial or you know not that we're d- done with self-storage, but just saying hey, let's look ahead on our next you know three to five years. Um, you know, how many deals are going to be out there? Can we scale the way we want to scale? Are we going to have to pivot into another asset class or yep. two? Um, and so we're, we're just kind of assessing that right now. But, um, but other, other than that, no plans to do anything other than self-storage. That's so cool. So. Now it's, um, you know, there's a, there's a quote that I, that I really like. It's, you know, it took me 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. You know, people might listen to this and they're like, you know, well, you know, I'm, I want to be like, but it's, you know, to hear the the storyline of everything that goes in, people don't see that. And then right. all of a sudden, you know, you get to a point where we're rolling out a $25 million fund. It's yeah. crazy. And yeah. it is. I love, I love that quote. And yeah. it's, so Pops has always said, 
the quote that he has always said since we started was, you know, fear is a muscle that you work out. Mm -hmm. So like every, every choice that we make is, you know, there's fear behind it. We're human beings, right? Yeah. So it's like, Hey, buying your first house, there's, there's fear in that. Like, can we make the mortgage? You know, is it too expensive taxes, whatever it may be. And you know, every decision you make, if, if you're, you know, flexing that fear muscle gets stronger every time. And yep. so, you know, from where we started, you know, the, a million dollar deal, you know, a million dollar price tag was like, oh my gosh, like a yeah. million dollars, yeah, stressing. you know, a stressing. Yeah. And then the more we're sort of flexing that muscle and working it out through exercise and through actually doing these projects and these things, it becomes less and less scary. Um, and it's just, you know, it's that muscle being worked out. So I think that's a, perfect analogy. I mean, you've, you've said yeah. it for years now and it's like, yeah, you can't go all the way to here without working out. You know, you can't just hop under the bench and, you know, put 300 pounds on it. You've got to slowly work up to that. And, um, so that's I like so that. cool. Yeah. And the fact, you know, the fact that you guys are doing this here in Wilmington, you know, Wilmington isn't really known as like, you know, a financial capital or like, <laughs> you know, like a big commerce place. It's mostly looked at as like a tourist or, you know, tourism and, you know, leisure, but I mean, it's pretty cool to see like we're here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and, you know, this is the type of stuff that we're talking about and the type of opportunities mm -hmm. that, you know, you guys are helping to also build part of the community here and the business community. And I think that's I think that's really cool. That's awesome. really cool. Yeah. So tell me about what it's like working with your dad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's got to just be like a very unique experience that a lot yeah. of people don't get to do. And you guys, I mean, just spending time with you guys, you guys have such a great relationship yeah. and just demeanor. And so, you know, it's, it's cool. I'd like to just yeah. you know, hear a little I, bit about I love what it. that's like. Um, I love it. Uh, I talk to a lot of people that are like, oh, I can never work with my pops. I can never work with my old man. Um, yeah. We have a great relationship. I mean, we, we really do. He's you know, it, it's just great. We get along really well. Um, and so when I, when I finished high school, um, I was actually a volunteer firefighter and I was looking at becoming a firefighter. And that was here in Wilmington. Here in Wilmington. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, and I sort of like, you know, graduated, I, I got married young, but my wife and I was like, Hey, I want to become a firefighter or work with my dad. My dad was really just starting his business here in Wilmington. I mean, getting mm -hmm. ready to start construction. So, um, and just decided that I wanted to work with my dad and said, hey, I can I can always go do something like that, but I want to work with my dad. Um, and fast forward almost 10 years later, I had no idea that it would come to this, but um, it's it's been incredible. I love it. Enjoy it. So That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And having I, your son I, on I, the payroll. Oh, that? my gosh. I, <laughs> well, I you guys are it. partners. I yeah, didn't mean right, on the payroll. Right. I've been on the payroll <laughs> before, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's fantastic. I think we probably say it to each other every week, like, Cause there's a lot of stressful parts in this business, That's you right. know, there's, yeah. you know, you know, you can imagine all the different things, loan closings and all this stuff. And, and there's hard days. And I'm like, I'm so glad we're doing this together. Like yeah. I do, I would not want to do this by myself. I've done it by myself for a long time and I've done it both ways. And I'm like, I'm so glad we have each other to bounce ideas off of, or, uh, Levi's super great with interpersonal relationships, people, he's a, you know, a people person. And so Absolutely. it's like yeah. frustrations with somebody in the office or staff or whatever. It's like, we can just talk about those kind of things and brainstorm. And it's, it's just a great mix about our personalities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a great to get his perspective and like, Hey, I think we need to tell this person this. He's like, well, I think we probably need to handle it this way. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right. And, yeah. um, so I, I, 
I, there was nothing I would change about it. It's it's great. That's it's, so cool. It's really an honor. Yeah. So tell us tell us a little bit more about the family because you have a big family. We do, and you guys have done some really really cool stuff as a family. So tell tell us about the family. Okay. So uh, yeah. So my wife and I we got married young as well, mm-hmm. um, and started our family in Prescott, Arizona. So we've got six kids all together. Six kids. Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, five grandkids. So it's it's a it, we're we're a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we roll in, it's pretty. It's yeah. pretty we, we roll in pretty deep. Yeah, but, rolling uh, deep. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so my uh, my oldest daughter is twenty eight, and my youngest son is twelve. Okay. Um, it's a so, little little yeah. spread there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're spread out. Sixteen years uh, yep. spread out, and um, yeah, we just always wanted a big family. Never had a, like a number on it. Just kind of, you know, like everything else in life, just take it as it comes. And right. um, these kids just kept showing up. I don't know. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that yeah, we're we're super blessed. Um, obviously, it's it's fantastic. Two kids yeah. married. My uh, third daughter, she's getting married in uh, this fall. Congratulations. And, um, got a daughter in college and two at home. So we've, uh, yeah, Unbelievable. still navigating that. So, yeah. Yep. And so Levi, you have how many children now? I have three. Just had three. my third. And how old are you? Uh, how old am I? Yeah. 27. That's wild. So I have a four-year-old, two-year-old, and a four-month-old. That's so cool. So, yeah. Real estate's my side job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sell store yeah. syndication. That's my side hustle. Well, you Just know, the red eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, the, the name of the podcast is Fractional, right? And the idea is that there's, you know, so many different things that we do in life and being able to focus on, you know, being able to focus and be present mm. at different times in life. So, I mean, it's funny to hear you say, you know, that's my, my part-time job. <laughs> yeah. And that's right. I mean, it sounds like, you know, your priority and, and, and what I could tell is is family first. Yeah. And family always first. I think that's, you know, that's so cool. I mean, people, it's so easy to get caught up in the money and the dollars and cents. And, you know, it's 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 refreshing to, to hear that, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. 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 I'd say you know, to that, it was, it was a big decision, you know, if you want to segue into that whole thing of how we got from there to here, but, yeah. um, you know, it was really something that my, it was on my wife and I's yeah, let's, let's heart th- and mind. Yeah. Let's oh, talk, yeah. let's okay. talk about that. So yeah. how'd you, tell us how you got from Arizona to Wilmington. Okay. So we, <laughs> we took we, a long way. Yeah. A very <laughs> long way. <laughs> long way. No, we, uh, we were always passionate about travel. Yeah. And I remember having conversations when we just had two kids, like, are we going to have a big family or are we going to travel? You know, because it felt like this was the crossroads. Yeah. You know, if you have a big family, you can't, obviously you can't travel as much and this and that. And uh, we thought, well, why can't we do both? You know, so yeah. we, our family kept growing. We really, that was part of my motivation to start my own business in 2001 was like, let's see if we can have more free time. Turns right. out construction is not really a, <laughs> a career where you just get all kinds of free time. Right, but, exactly. Um yeah, through a series of events, we we had an opportunity to move to Costa Rica in 2007. So I was 36, wow. and um, yeah, we 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 went down there to build. A friend of mine had bought a piece of property down there and was selling lots, yep. and invited me to come down and build. And so we thought, well, maybe this is our way to travel. Right. So we went down there, and this then at 08 happened, and a lot of the folks that we were building houses for, they were second homes for Americans Got and Canadians. It. Yep. So okay. that stopped, and we had a couple commercial buildings that we sold in, in Prescott, and um, we had also talked about a sailboat f- through reading travel books and whatnot. We found right. these folks that 
you know, families that lived on boats, and they were like, this is great because your home is with you. You can eat on the boat. That's your mode of travel. It's, like it's an inexpensive way to travel, especially with a big family. Right, right. So we thought, let's, let's explore that. <laughs> oh, and, my gosh. Uh, yeah, so we found a boat in Greece. Um, I flew over there to, to see if we would fit on it, basically, because oh we're from gosh. Arizona. We don't know anything about sailing. Yeah, I was going to say, what's yeah, your we, sailing experience? Uh, yeah, we're uh, from we the desert. Little, <laughs> the desert, yeah. <laughs> We had a little 24-foot uh, day sailor that we had sk- sailed around on a lake, yeah. and that was it. Right. And, um, same, same thing. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of similar. So yeah, we similar. we ended up buying the boat in Greece and moved over there with five kids oh um, and 22 bags and moved onto this boat. And we thought, so originally the plan was, all right, we're going to spend one year on the boat, we're going to sail to a few Greek islands, right. and then sell the boat. Yep. And um, kind of blew up in our face. We ended up on the boat for three and a half years and uh, sailed to 24 countries, ended up going to Israel for a while, had a baby in Israel. So your, your sixth child. My sixth child, yep, was born in Israel and Jerusalem. And then... Well, uh, mom got pregnant at like... Well, we were in Turkey. Like five months on the boat? Yeah. Like four yeah. or five months on the boat. Or... Close quarters. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, I was like, whoa. All right. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I told my wife, I said, hey, if you want to... You know, Rachel, if you want to go back to the U.S. to have the baby, right. I totally get it. Yep. The party's over, and she's like, well, let's figure it out. You know, people have babies all over the world. Let's find a midwife, and, and let's figure it out. So we yep. found a midwife in, in Israel um, and contacted her with Skype, and then uh, she was like, yeah, you can sail over here by, you know, the time you're 30 weeks. I'm comfortable with that. You already know the drill. It's your sixth one. Right, so, right. So we did. So we ended up sailing there, sailed from Turkey to Cyprus to Israel no plans to cross the Atlantic or anything. Right. We said, well, let's, let's start sailing West. <clears throat> and, and as we go to cross the Mediterranean, we'll decide if we want to tackle the, it'll at least be cheaper flights. If we're just going closer to the U S <laughs> yeah. you know? the closer we get, yeah, the, the, closer US, we the, get the cheaper we get every, every couple of miles it goes yeah. down 20 bucks, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, Chris, we were so clueless. We didn't even know. I didn't even know oh the boat we God. bought was able to cross oceans. Right. We're in a Marina. We're in a Marina in Turkey. And this guy, the friend of mine comes by and he's like, so you guys crossing this year? And we're like, crossing what? Yeah. And he's like the Atlantic, like most people are circumnavigating. Right. right. Yeah. And he's like crossing the Atlantic. I'm like with this boat. And he goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. We see smoke. You know, we see boats smaller than that out oh there. Oh, my god! And then my wife was in the galley, you know, kitchen, and right. she was cooking dinner, and she was like, oh, my God. Neil, what are you? What have you just put in my husband's head? I'm like, I came down. I'm like, Rach, guess what? <laughs> guess She's like, don't even say it. <laughs> so that, that was planted the seed. And then um, as we sailed west, you know, it was like, I think we can, I think we can do it. Yeah. And so we got, you know, life raft and satellite phone and got kind of tooled up to, to do it. Um, and yeah, ended up sailing down the coast, west coast of Africa, Senegal, Gambia. Oh my gosh. At Cape Verde Islands and then crossed over to Dominica in the, in the Caribbean, started making our way back to the U.S. So, so you kind of sail, so you head south and then kind of come across the equator? Yeah, basically. Yeah. We were 17 degrees north, uh, of the equator and just basically straight west. So we came out of Gibraltar, out of the Mediterranean and went down to Morocco and then the Canary Islands, Unbelievable. And, then, and then down to Senegal and Gambia, which most folks don't sail down there, but it was it was pretty incredible. Do you, did you ever have any encounters with like pirates or anything of no, that nature? That, so or? this time, uh, this was 2012. Uh, 
a lot of the pirate stuff was happening over in the Gulf of Aden. Okay. And uh, Somalian pirates and stuff. And that was real. I mean, yeah, we, we talked crazy. to a lot of other sailors mm-hmm. that were dealing with that on circumnavigating. Um, we had a couple. There was a little bit of off the coast of Morocco. There was a little bit of, there were some people that were kind of being boarded or not, not really boarded, but there was like, it, it wasn't really like full-blown pirates, but these guys were just fishermen that were trying to, you know, pestering people. Right, so, I mean, right. they didn't pester us, but it was like we'd heard of other people that kind of yeah, got Yeah, you know. I mean, I think, you know, obviously anything can happen. You're out in the middle of nowhere. And even when yeah. you're sailing down Morocco, you're 60, 80 miles offshore. You don't see land. You're right. out in the ocean, right? And I do remember one time, remember we had those two boats... We yes. can see them on the horizon. All of a sudden, zoom, they're coming towards us. Oh and as gosh. they came closer, they, like, divided up and came around us. And we're like, you know, we have a spear gun. Yeah. You know, that's all we had. And we're, yeah. um, so I think, you know, in, tra- in international travel in general, that's one of the beauties of traveling as a family, like with kids. Like, no, no, I mean, nobody wants to mess with a family with kids, right? Okay. I mean, it's yeah. just... So, and they were, honestly, they pulled up next to our boat and they had like a few little scraggly fish in their boat and they were looking for food. I right. mean, we didn't speak their language, but they were just asking for food or cigarettes right. or whatever. And we're right. like, hey, we don't, we don't have anything, you know? And they're like, yeah. okay. And the way they went. So, I mean, that wasn't even scary really, you know, but it was like. I mean, it was scary for a minute, but also. Yeah, it was also you know. like, hey. So. Man, that is just so wild. I mean. To, to how so? How old were you at this point in time? So when we moved on the boat, I was thirteen, and then we. So I was basically on the boat from thirteen to seventeen. Unbelievable. Um, so when we were, yeah, it was it was incredible. So we were homeschooled. We homeschooled even in Arizona. Okay. Before the boat, so got it, got it. that's another reason that the transition to Costa Rica first and then onto the boat was sort of a no-brainer it was because we had always homeschooled and so it was like yeah just you guys were used to that type of lifestyle yeah very used to that yeah take our books with us and learn and um and my mom was always about adapting like homeschooling was about learning how to live life you know more than just outside the books and so we adapted a lot of different things in our schooling. I'd read a, a diesel repair book because we had two diesel engines. <laughs> hey, here's and your so home my mom's what a like, great "All right, sco- what a great skill to have, man!" <laughs> oh, oh my god! So, <laughs> yeah, read this. Son, like, this yeah, semester Mars, we're going to work right. on these motors. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, and then my older, so me and my older sister are 14 months apart, so very close. And you know, throughout the boat, <clears throat> on on the boat, we were tasked with, you know, we'd pull into a new a new port, and we would take the dinghy into town. We would find an ATM, get money out, go to the grocery store, sort of get the lay of the land. Um, I mean, you know, just those, this that life experience, I mean, was incredible. I mean, going to this foreign place, nobody speaks English there, finding an ATM, trying to just figure out where the grocery store's at, where we can get petrol, diesel, and, you know, it was just... Um, my mom was like, "That's that's schooling. Like that is every day actual, is an adventure. Every, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Really, yeah, every yeah. day. Here's a yeah. debit card and a shopping list. Yeah, Godspeed. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh so my god, it was gosh. good. They, and then they had to figure out, you know, Turkish lira. All right, what's the exchange rate? You know, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So we didn't have cell phones either. That's <laughs> man. Yeah, I just I love everything about that. And my wife and I are. That's our long term goal. Is how do we you know, build, you know, something that can support our lifestyle to be able to go and travel because 
we we were very lucky to be able to do so not to the scale you guys did but natalie and i lived in europe for three years yes and we lived in switzerland for seven months which was you know zurich is like you know i mean it's like it's beautiful but it's it's it was too easy right Mm. you know you walk out the door you get on a tram it takes you there everything's perfect right right and we're like oh this is too easy so (laughs) next next spot we went to was bulgaria which was like the complete opposite and every day was an adventure like you know, learn the language, read an alphabet that is not the Roman alphabet. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like just everything that we had to do every day, like you had this sense of just like, you know, adventure every day. And like we were always excited and yeah. happy. And um, so hopefully we I could try like, to I feel out like that's yeah. like that again. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's problem solving, right? I mean, yeah. that's a lot of what we did on the boat as well was problem solve from sailing to navigating to when we get to a new port is you know, just solving problems, being creative with creative solutions, which is, you know, to bring it back, like that's what we do now exactly. in real estate, right? Exactly. Like we're, yeah. we solve so problems. Cool. Like we're, we're looking at creative, you know, creative solutions. How do we structure this deal? How do we build out this project in Georgia that's six hours away? How do we, you know, on a much a smaller scale, but in a way it's, it's the same thing. That's you so know? wild. So I feel like it was, you know, so many life skills that you can apply, even living in Bulgaria. Absolutely. You know, you're adapting to your environment. Yeah. You're, you're, yep. you're scaling, you're growing, you're, you're moving and you're used to that, you know, yeah, so. things just get a lot simpler when, when it's down to the basic things like, all right, I need to get food. Yeah. Survival. Yeah. It's survival. Right. I need yeah. to find a place to live. Right. And I need to get from here to here. Like yep. those are just things that we don't even think about here, yeah. you know? And it's like, yeah. Oh. So that's part of our home. My wife and I's homeschooling mentality is like, we we want to teach you how to learn, right? Like we're not going to teach you this book of facts and that's right. it. And okay, you're 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 18. Here's your diploma. Yep. You're not going to learn anymore. Yep. Like life is learning. I'm still learning. You know, I'm Absolutely. 52 and I'm still learning all kinds of stuff. And yeah. I, yeah, I think that's what it's about. You know, I love I love to learn new things. So yeah. what's over the horizon? What's over that next mountain? And let's go find out. Let's go it's, figure it out. It's, it's so interesting to see how that kind of, that whole experience just kind of connects the dots mm-hmm. to what you guys are, to what you yeah. guys are doing well, now. And I think, like <laughs> like I said about the fear muscle, like when yeah. we first moved on the boat, I mean, we were, you know, we moved from this port to this port. I mean, we could see it, you know. <laughs> we didn't leave the marina. <laughs> we, didn't, yeah. we, we, we didn't leave, leave the marina for like a week and a yeah, half. Yeah, we didn't leave the marina for right. a week and a like, half. Yeah. And then if we, we leave, we got to go figure out how to anchor. And, and then we... We don't know how to do that yet. And then we did like one port, you know, like a 30-minute sail. And then we did an hour sale and we, you know it's that fear muscle of like you know never when we started did we say we're going to cross the ocean for 17 days are we right. going to do that you know Seven, we did, so 17 it was 17 days, days on the, oh on the ocean 17 gosh. days no land yeah um and but it was just everything it was like hey let's do this this you know two hour sale this four hour sales that that fear muscle and then yeah. as we're sailing it's like hey we did an overnight we did two night remember uh, we, our first overnight sale was going from turkey <laughs> to cyprus uh-huh. and um you know, there's no other way to do it. There's nothing to stop in between, and you and when you're on a passage, you you're sailing 24 seven. Right. You don't just stop. Yeah, you don't that, stop. You go like, to bed. Yeah. So you have to take shifts, right? And yeah. You have to be on night watch or whatever. And uh, I don't think any. Of, I think the four of us, me, you, and we Maggie just pulled an all nighter. We just all slept. slept. Yeah. We're just we're all like, like we're doing this together. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we're all in the cockpit, just like okay, it's two in the morning. Like uh, you know, looking at our little. We had a handheld GPS. We're like, it's supposed to be there, and like. 14 more hours, so <laughs> yeah. I, guess I guess it's We're making great way. time. I don't really <laughs> yeah, know. It's just over there somewhere. <laughs> black sky around you. Like, all right, oh let's go. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so wild. So then how did you guys get back to Wilmington? What was the – was there a plan there? Well, or? so when we left Israel, we by then Levi was 
uh, almost 17, mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. daughter, was, Maggie, was, was 17, and they were getting to the point where it's like, okay, like, how does this end? Like, we want to get jobs and cars and, you know, lives. A girlfriend, and, maybe. <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> I love my Please. sisters, but a girlfriend would be like. So it's like, all right, I think we probably need to start making steps towards going back to the U.S. And we knew yeah. we didn't want to go back to Arizona. Um, I grew up in Phoenix, lived in Prescott. You know, it's like, let's, this is our chance to start over. We've already sold everything there, yeah. except for the storage. Um, so let's look at the at the East Coast. Knew we couldn't afford California, so yeah. wanted to live by the ocean, and uh, basically just narrowed it down to Wilmington, Charleston, or Savannah, okay. and okay. thought, well, let's start with Wilmington and see if we like it. If we don't, we'll try somewhere else, but um, we got here and, and loved it. It was everything we wanted. You know, it was not too big, not too small. Um, the, the guy that got me into construction, Larry in Arizona, who I worked for when I first got in, uh, his wife is from North Carolina, and they... They actually came and visited us while we were in Israel after Miles was born. And, How cool. And we kind of said, yeah, we're thinking North Carolina. He's like, if you're thinking North Carolina, you need to see Wilmington. And we we're like, okay, all right. And yeah. then my wife and Levi were on a bus in Jerusalem, and mm-hmm. this guy gets on the bus just a few days after that, Wilmington, NC. UNCW no sweatshirt. We're like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Let's talk to this guy. It's not going to be weird, yeah. but it was like, okay. Yeah. And yeah, so... It was it was like let's start there it, yeah and, and see if we like it and we just loved it so it's we perfect sailed, for us we sailed the boat right up the Cape Fear River Cape Fear right, yeah right up the Cape yeah. Fear River right up the Cape Fear and you guys landed at uh, Bennett Brothers Bennett Marina. Brothers yeah Bennett yeah Brothers. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. which which is so funny when you guys told me that story because I know the Bennett family very well yeah. and had the chance to work with them and they're 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 super people and it's just it's it's again it's just the story of how this stuff comes together and who you meet along the way and and how you get to a place. It's yeah. just, it's wild, man. It was crazy. Yeah. That's so we so would cool. stay there for two months. Yep. Um, and we would walk from there to the library for free <laughs> Wi Fi yeah. and take the laptop and do that. And then, <laughs> yeah. uh, then my wife found a house that was short sale. This was yep. 20, late 2012. Okay. And, um, said, all right, let's figure it out. Yeah. Let's, so let's get off hard, the boat. Borrowed some hard money. Yep. Got in there with a the plan to, to oh refi it as soon as we got in there. Yeah. Had six months to figure it out. Yep. Did some quick improvements. It got a, you know, refied it, and, and away we go. So, Unbelievable. Yeah. What a story. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. What a story. And now, you know, and now you guys have this nomad capital, this right. this business. And, right. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's so kind of, you know, bringing it full around and, you know, kind of wrapping it up now. So the tell us a little bit more, so this investment fund. Mm-hmm. So let's say... You know, if I had some money, I would definitely invest with you guys because I've seen how good you are and, you know, and how good you guys are at your job. But what type of, like, who who can invest in that fund? How do I find that fund? Like, what what does it all mean? Like, who are you looking for? Tell us about, about that. So uh, um, we are, you know, there's a lot of legal things that go into to putting a fund together. Even, imagine, even the yeah. stuff that we're doing now, 506B and C deals. We're only doing 506B. Um what does that mean? Uh, sorry. So 506B is uh, non-accredited investors, and it's really a friends and family. So we don't generally solicit. We can't, you know, I can't say, hey, I've got this great deal right now. You can't, like, market it? Can't market it. Can't put it on yeah, Facebook. Can't hey. It. hey, invest okay. in this deal. Yeah. Here's the address. Here's the returns I'm going to shoot to Got give it. You. Okay. okay. Um, so it's been very grassroots. I mean, our, our whole uh, we, investor tribe so far has just been really... Uh, meeting people, networking, yeah. um, you know, friends of friends, and and really just building those uh, relationships. Um, and so, 
the the type of fund we're we're, we're still working out which type of fund we're going to roll out. Um, so it'll either be a you know accredited investors only, which will be like, hey, we can actually market this, and we could say, hey, here's the deals we're doing, okay. or it'll be a portion of it will be non-accredited. So we're we're still figuring out exactly how to how right. and what what that fund is going to look like, but it'll all be on our on our website as right. you know as soon as we roll it out. Th- there'll probably be a portion of it that can be for that'll be for non-accredited investors, which mm-hmm. is you know friends and family. Um, and then you want to say what an accredited yes yeah, so, uh, sorry yeah so accredited or non-accredited investor there's certain criteria that the SEC um, you know marks you like if you're a accredited uh, an accredited investor your net worth will be I think it's a million dollars or you have 250,000 in liquid cash or there's one other metric that I'm not sure of but basically like if I give you the documents for you to invest in this deal you're savvy enough that you should know you, you should you, you should know about this, right? Like right. you're a savvy investor. Whether or not this is a safe invest, you're supposed to be got it. A savvy yeah. investor, got it. And, okay. and a non-accredited investor is typically lower net worth or lower, uh, you know, income per year, that right. kind of thing. And and for those, you, that's why you have to register with the SECs because you have to have certain precautions in it for non-accredited investors. So it's, it's a way. So that is, is that a way to kind of protect it's a way the to investor? Exactly. It's a, a way to protect yeah. the investor. So okay. currently, in our on our deals, we have accredited investors and yep. non-accredited and non-accredited. investors. You know, these are we have a lot of investors that are you know their net worth isn't that big, but they're like, hey, we've got this. We're gonna we're gonna put this in the deal, and then we have you know, some bigger investors that know what they're doing and they're like, yeah, right. I, I know how to read the documents and whatnot. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So we're trying to figure out how to, how to do that fund and, and what, how to structure it and all that. But typically our, our deals so far have been $50,000 investor okay. uh, is a minimum for a B share. And then 250,000 is for an A share. And okay. our typical deal size so far has been about five million dollar project, okay. and we raise maybe one point five to one point eight million from investors. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So that's kind of some rough numbers of what what the deals have looked like so far, and then you know that's that's to get the bot the property purchased and then construction. Right. Um, which, which you guys oversee which and manage have, yes. and are very well. So, exactly. The company that I started in 2001, still around, Elm Builders. Yep. That started when I had three kids, Emma, Levi, and Maggie. Got it. All right. <laughs> so yep. that's where that came from. Yep. And then, uh, so Elm Builders does the construction for Nomad right. Capital, right? Awesome. And then, um, and then once, you know, then we bring in City Storage, which is our storage brand, and then we, you know, start managing, start leasing it up. And then once it stabilizes, we pay investors out quarterly, um, and they get a preferred return, so they get yep. paid before we do. Okay. Um, and different metrics for you know class A and class B shares, it's six to eight percent is the preferred return. Got it. Um, and then either depending on the deal, whether it's an exit in five years, whether we're going to sell it in five years or refinance it. Or in some cases, we've we've got properties that we're gonna, we plan to hold for ten years. Yep. But at five years, typically there'll be some kind of a cash event, either a refinance or a sale. Yep. And then we would get the investors, you know, their proceeds. But then in our model, they stay in the deal. Yep. So we're going to give you all of your money back, and then your return on top of that. Yep. But you still stay in the deal. So and wild. so then it's, it creates a stream of passive income for you going forward. Yep. Maybe we keep it for. 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, that's, you know, bringing everything back. I mean, that's the that's the reason behind the name, Nomad Capital, right? right. We we lived 
you know, it's not to, cl- to be cliche or corny or whatever, no, but we live like we live like you, nomads. You guys truly you have. Know, we live you like nomads have. for several years, and that's our goal for our investors: is hey, we want to we want to create a a tribe of real estate nomads to where they can go. You know, m- maybe it's not living on a boat for three and a half years. Maybe it's hey, let's take a month off and go hike. You know, some mountains in South America, yeah. or yep. uh, let's go live in Thailand for a quarter or whatever it right. may be. Ooh, that does sound um, you know, <laughs> it, it, all right, I'm out of uh, here. You know what? <laughs> um, but just but just creating that right through those streams of hey, you've yeah. invested in this deal, we've returned all your capital, and now you're getting paid out from it. You know, you do that a few times, and and all of a sudden. You, you know, you can start to take off time or you can start to do the things you want to do. So that's that's the reason behind the name Nomad Capital is we want to create those. We want to create nomads, yeah, real awesome. estate nomads. Yeah. So. Whatever that, you know, nomadic is pretty broad, but it, whatever that means to you, you know, if it means I want to live in an RV and travel around the U.S. and, and check in every few months or, or yep. go abroad or whatever. So or yep. just you know, kind of have your time back, your time and your freedom. We feel like that's kind of what a you know, in, is. In our last minute here, that's, you know, that was something that I was thinking about this morning is that you guys, I feel like you put a higher priority on time as the ultimate currency as opposed to money, right? Because mm. money comes and goes, right? but you only have so much time. And um, I just wanted to make sure I, I got that yes, in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to and make that, sure that, I got that in there that's before, because, before we concluded. So. Uh, there was a Mark Twain quote, and my wife and I had these chats before the boat and all that. It was like, for me, the tipping point where people were like, how did you you know, actually pull the trigger on that? And yeah. it was like, it, it finally came to a point where it was like, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it. Yeah. And I think the, the Mark Twain quote, I'm going to butcher it up, but it was like, you'll regret more the things in 20 years, the things you didn't do didn't than the do. things you did do. Yep. So throw off the bow lines, you know, set sail, basically. Yeah. It was, it's a crazy quote. That's it was like, so wild. And I found it after we'd already decided and to do it, but I'm guys, like, whoa. Whoa, this is, yeah. yeah whoa, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was, it was really cool. And uh, and I think that's what it came for is, like, time. Like, this is it. Like, our kids are only young once. Yep. Like, there's a narrow window here. And if we don't take it, we're going to regret it. Yep. And there's not a single day that I wouldn't do it again in a heartbeat. Awesome. It was fantastic. So, Well, what a story, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. It's really b- been a pleasure. Um, tell us where um, we can find you if I was interested in, you know, investing with you guys or learning more about your business model. Where do I find you? How do I get in touch with you? Nomadcapital.us is our website. All right. Um, and we are... We don't have a huge social media presence right now on on any platform, but we're building that out. Again, we've just bootstrapped everything from hey. from the ground up. Organic, so, man. Organic. Uh, yeah, no, nomadcapital.us is cool. our website, and our phone numbers and uh, emails are all in there. And, um, yeah, or we're in Wilmington, North Carolina, if you're – if anybody listening, want to pop by the here. office? Yeah, yeah. Pop by the office. That's right. Have a grab a beer. Yep. Yeah, they have they have beer on tap. They got great coffee and everything. So <laughs> yeah. check them out. Thank so. you guys so much for uh, for tuning in. This was our this was our first recorded session, our first episode, and uh, couldn't have picked two better guys to do it with. Thank you guys, and we'll see you on the next show.